Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyaltica Vision Thursday Night Hangout. Do you know why I'm excited tonight, sir? Because it's Thursday night? And I tested negative for COVID, so Woo! I'm not going to die. Ah, oh, congratulations, Azelius. Well, at least right now. I mean, I could in five minutes when I finish this drink. Who knows? Ah, hold your applause for Azelius. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is, I am your host. I have, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific counter himself, Zelius. Greetings, beautiful people. I mean, I can't actually see you, but I imagine that each and every one of you are beautiful in your own special way, except for the man in the red hat. Thanks, Zelius. That's all. Give me a warm fuzzies. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. It's a weekly show where we try our best to cover the topics that you are most important to you with with you during the show. If you haven't submitted a topic, question, etc., have no fear. You can, of course, drop it into the chat during the show, and we will try to get to it. If, by some unfortunate twist of fate, we do not get to your topic this week, we will put it in uh, the uh, topic list for next week. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into it. The first topic is actually... Actually, I want to take a second to just say... I I I am happy that we all have survived. Thank you. For anyone out there who has lived, I'm in, so confused. For anyone out there who does live in the great U.S. of A., I think it. I think you know oh. where I come from. Okay, it took me a minute there, and even outside of the United States, might actually be sighing a sigh of relief right now. Let's be honest. It, it might just be uh, gasping for air because they've been laughing their asses off. That too. And some people outside laughed, and some people inside just cried for the last four years. I think that was most Americans were inside crying. Sadly, not enough. Well, enough this time. True. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's actually get into the show. The first topic is one that was brought up right at the end of the show. Uh, our last show. So let's hit that one first. And the question is, so now that we, Zelius, myself, and basically all gamers out there who've grown up gaming are at the stage in our life that we are, do we still have that capacity to, and time, to replay a remastered edition of a game from the past? So like we, we talked about Mass Effect uh, Legendary coming out. Do we actually have the the strength, the energy to actually play through the entire thing? Or are we going to, is it going to be one of those instances of you buy the game and maybe you get around to it, but it turns out that you buy it just for nostalgia's sake, sake and it may just collect dust? I think it, I've, you know, I'm, when you ask that question, I'm thinking of games I've played. So the first one that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about it was the Mass Effect trilogy. Right. Because coming out Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is, I mean, it hasn't been that long since I played it. And let's be honest, the graphics on the Xbox 360 weren't that bad. I mean, it's not yeah. like we're talking like NES era graphics where it's a huge overhaul. Um, so for me, I mean, I might do it, but it's not something where like, oh, yes, I have to go do this mm -hmm. um, for a replay. Um, another game that came to mind, but another one I'm looking at. So I finally did get a PS5, Gosh. but a game that I played back in the PS2 mm -hmm. was Kingdom Hearts. Okay. 
And that is the game I really, I mean, that's been a long, I mean, we're talking 20 years since I played that. Mm-hmm. That's got to me the point where like, okay, it's been long enough now where replaying that is a whole different experience to me. So I think part of it's the longevity, like a, what air, and that was also a PS2 game. So you're talking a pretty big graphics difference now. So I think you're talking one, and let's be honest, they have a lot to do with each other, is what how old is the game which usually involves then what era of your gaming are you from and i guess i look at you know mass effect is a series i wouldn't mind replaying again Mm -hmm. but just the graphics increase between the 360 and the current gen console i mean yes it's going to be graphically better obviously but i don't know if that alone is going to be what forces to be like oh i have to replay this I, I, I can understand that. I personally, I think, um, I think I'm basically in the same boat. I, it would have to be a game that absolutely would blow my mind. I, I would, but then again, you know, if it's that good of a game, I've already played it. So I don't know how invested I would be at the end of the day, you know? Um, it It's just... I think part of it's time. I mean, think of like the Mass Effect trilogy. I mean, you're talking over 100 hours easy for all three games. Absolutely. Um, easily. And so it's, you know, I'm playing right now through Nier, I'm not, I'm totally going to butcher this, Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. And you're talking, you know, dozens of hours for that game. Right. And that's a lot of those RPGs. You're talking lots of time. And I think something you also kind of have now that we didn't have growing up when you could sink hundreds of hours into a JRPG mm-hmm. was all the streaming, right? Like you could, like you would sit and you would know, you knew Fox had the Simpsons at eight o'clock, right? Outside right. of that, there, there might not be anything on TV. Whereas now at any time, you actually now have a different choice to make in terms of that entertainment of a console game or PC game versus on demand video entertainment like through netflix or disney plus now or any of that stuff mm-hmm. and i think that really grabs that kind of tv entertainment time much more than when we were growing up so you to be honest with you i, I think that rpgs um as much as i would love to say you know I'll, I'll, I'll come back and i'll play all of mass effect i think in actuality when i see when i think about what uh, genre, uh, I would probably m- most likely to actually play a remastered of. It's going to be, you know, something that's I don't want to say simple, but something a little bit less complex than an RPG. Uh, the the immediate one that comes to mind is when you see like the remastered uh, Mario Super Mario Brothers games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I would most of them. Hell, I'll yeah, I'll jump right back in and give it a whirl because. Yeah, it takes a, you know, it, it definitely had some link to it. It's not like you could sit down. Well, you technically probably could sit down in, in one setting and play it all the way through. But, you know, with our advanced age, it probably hurt our asses. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it, it's it's one of those that you can you can um, devote time to, basically regain, you know, the, the skills of learning when to jump and or when to, you know, do all the timing and stuff. It it's a little bit less complex than remembering all the little nuances and, and, uh, you know, extra buttons and all that stuff like an RPG has, you know, like, uh, the, the crafting system or, yep. uh, the leveling up and all that stuff. It, Mario at his court leveling up is, uh, get a mushroom or grab a fire, 
flower or in I guess uh, others that you know uh, later iterations you got the uh, the raccoon tail uh, all that you know so but it was like simple I always I I hate to say it's simple because it, there there's definitely complexity to Mario Brothers but it's not like I have to do a complete deep dive to yeah no I I know what you mean it's I've I think you're right you can definitely find complexity in Mario Brothers but it's a Maybe it's it, what is that term? It's there's a very low floor and there's a very low skill floor. Like anybody right. can press A and jump and press B to do the fireball, right? Right. But to be able to jump and fireball at the exact right time, not just to beat the level, but to get that extra hundredth coin. So you have a huge. So I think that's the big difference. Is you can right. you have a very low skill level and still beat Mario Brothers, but to really get that extra oomph, that's where you really have to invest a lot of time into it. So I think that skill low skill floor but a still it has a high skill ceiling if you want to invest the time and oomph into it absolutely so it's basically it's got a, a low entry uh low entry bar um anyone who you know can push a button can at least attempt to play the game you know you don't how have many to how through. many instructions did mario brothers have the original nothing yeah. just just hit start which I love. I, I think that's just, I still love that fact that there's no instructions. You just move and go. Agreed. And 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 you're right. It's uh, at its simplest, you know, all you got to do is learn, you know, learn uh, to push the button to jump and then know where to push it. Then, of course, there's a bunch of other layers to it. There's secret areas. There's, you know, sure. try to collect as many coins. Um you know, ways to, you know, strategies to get the, go through the game the fastest, all that stuff. You know, there's things that you can tweak and perfect um, that in, in the long run, yeah, you probably sink in a couple extra hours, but it's not a replay of like a JRPG, which could be an additional 30 hours. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, with, with the, um, as of right now, I would love to get my hands on the Mass Effect uh, Legendary Remaster. I don't know if I'd actually play it, if I have the time to do so. Uh, but the other thing is, another game that has been popping up a lot is, um, I guess the past year or so, is uh, the Kingdom of Amalur uh, Reckoning, which of course I is now that, called yep. the Re-Reckoning, uh, because it was a re-release. Uh, the studio that first came out with, or developed the game, is now defunct because Kurt Schilling is not a very good businessman. Um, but uh, I, I I will admit that it, I'm enough removed away from the game that I might actually want to just take a peek to see if there is any notable difference. Because when I played uh, Kingdom of Amalur, it was uh, Xbox 360, I think it was, I don't know, six, seven years ago. So... I might be willing just to take a peek. I don't know if I'd be able to, if I'd be willing to sink in like a huge chunk of time, but if, you know, if, if I jump in and it grabs me, then yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, from what I've read, it's a fun, basically action RPG. Yeah. Um, it's really what it comes down to. Yep. All right. So, um, bit of other news. And, uh, for those out there, who remember or are very passionate about movie or video games to movie crossovers or all that fun jazz. Um, you may have noticed that 
there is yet another Mortal Kombat coming. Mortal Kombat. Yes. And the uh, the the plot has been revealed. So I just want to take a second and read the plot to you. To me, Mortal Kombat is, is a very fascinating movie. In, in most part, a very fascinating uh, movie franchise, simply because they actually attempt to keep close to the source material. It's a fighting game. Uh, there is a little bit of story here and there. There's not a whole lot, but it's a fighting game. And uh, the, at least the first two movies, it was about it's centered around the fighting and, you know, trying to go through a tournament to save the world. So here is the plot for the upcoming new Mortal Kombat. In Mortal Kombat, MMA fighter Cole Young, accustomed to taking a beating for money, is unaware of his heritage or why Outworld's Emperor Shang Tsung has sent his best warrior, Sub-Zero, an otherworldly cryomancer, to hunt Cole down. Fearing for his family's safety, Cole goes in search of Sonya Blade at the direction of Jax, a special, force, special forces major who bears the same strange dragon marking Cole was born with. Soon he finds himself at the temple of Lord Raiden, an elder god and the protector of Earthrealm, who grants sanctuary to those who bear the mark. Here, Cole trains with experienced warriors Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and rogue mercenary Kano as he prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. But will Cole be pushed hard enough to unlock his arcana, the immense power from within his soul, in time to save not only his family, but to stop Outworld once and for all? I mean... If you stop him once and for all, how do you have a sequel, man? Okay, so in the first one, is like uh, Outworld won so many in a row, and if they won, like, what, 10 in a row, then Earth was up for grabs or something like that? Yeah, it's like they had to stop the streak, and that was pretty much the extent of Mortal Kombat 1. Well, the thing is, I think that... It was straightforward, man. No, no, I know. But but this, this plot line is basically pretty straightforward, yeah. Can yeah, we stop Outworld once and for all? Probably not. Can they delay Outworld? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they probably could. I mean, thankfully, it doesn't... I mean, granted, the movie's not out, but it doesn't sound like a terribly convoluted... Like, it's actually now a action spy thriller where Raiden is actually now the god of Earth and rock, and he's changed forms, mm -hmm. and now you have to crawl, like... Uh, it's not like some random convoluted plot. Like, a lot Agreed. of movies happen. Agreed. Just super straightforward karate slash action flick, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and and I do find it interesting that instead of being like a martial artist, they made it a point to say MMA. You know, uh, to, to keep it eh. with the times. Uh, and, and I do yeah, like that. that you know, is. There, there was some name drop in there. I mean, you've got um, Shang Tsung. You have uh, Sub-Zero. You oh, have yeah. Sonya Blade, Jax, uh, Raiden, uh, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and Kano. But to me, Kano is always like a bad guy. I don't know. Like, and I he's like, like the he evil was... mercenary. But he's on the good side this time. Oh, wow. Uh, it's weird. I Anyways, guess... uh, for for people for those uh, interested or curious, uh, the film is set to release nationwide. In the U.S., April 16, 2021, in theaters, and 31 days after it's released into theaters, it will be available on HBO Max. 
Yay! I'm to be honest with you, I don't know. I I mean, I'm definitely not gonna. um, I don't know if I will immediately run. I will. I probably won't immediately run out to the movie. First of all, I won't be going to a theater. But it's not the. I'm not going to be like day one of HBO Max, which I don't have at this moment. But if I had HBO Max, I don't think I'd be like, oh my god, I have to watch it. But I, it's I'm not going to say that I won't. If I if I if it comes across my path, I'll be like, yes, I will watch this. Yeah, no, it's definitely a movie that it's. I'm not going to pay extra to see it, but at some point. I'll see it. Now, okay. if I were still going to the theaters with my dad like we used to do, mm-hmm. it would honestly be on my radar to go watch with him. It oh, just sounds yeah. like it's a good popcorn with a drink flick. So, yeah. No, I'll watch it. Agreed. I mean, yeah. Um, and I, and to be honest with you, one of the thing, one of the reasons why I'd want to watch this is simply to see if they kept the theme song. That's all I care about, honestly. If, if there's no theme song... Screw it. I'm just stop the movie. That might change the movie. I'm walking out. It's now a dubstep version with some country twang. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> really get you going. Mm. Mm. So uh, there was some news that came out this week um, about uh, there. there's a graphic novel series called The Order. No, sorry. The Old Guard. Uh, the Old Guard it oh, yeah. was is a graphic novel and then was made into a Netflix movie uh, uh, starring uh, Charlize Theron. Which uh, I really now, enjoyed. Huh? Which I really enjoyed. Oh, it's great. Um, and now it's been announced that there is going to be uh, additional, uh, a limited run uh, set of graphic novels to continue or maybe expand upon The Old Guard, which I am totally for. Um hmm. Huge supporter of it. Uh, I, I've read the graphic novel before, I even knew about the Netflix thing, and then as soon as I as soon as I saw it on Netflix, like, no, is it what I think it is? And then when I started watching, I'm like, oh shit, this is yes, I'm in, I'm in. So it really was. The question uh, that was asked uh, what was what established franchises would you like to see prequels or sequels, even if it's in a different medium? So, for example. Uh, most pl- mm. people probably saw the old guard in f- on Netflix, and now, of course, they're going to expand the universe in graphic novel format. Now, I'm not going to—I don't think Netflix can be completely ruled out of saying we might take that material and make another one. But I'm just saying, what established franchises would you want to see that? Um, oh, you—you may interesting question. There, there, of course. Um, Another series that comes to mind is uh, Game of Thrones is having that spinoff. Uh, was it uh, House of Dragons? You know, so it, you know it's 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 still within that realm, but it's an expansion of it. Now, of course, if we she said get... she doesn't want to do it, but I'd love to see the Adventures of Arya Stark. Yes, it would be very interesting to to get, um, basically a really in depth. Uh, look of what happened to her when she left Westeros and yes. all the crazy adventures she go, could go on. Cause that's, that's one of those sections where you could really expand upon. It. And there's a lot of, of series where there are specific parts that you could expand on. Um, Wait, I've got it. Yeah. Arya is really the before life of Xena. 
But could she make that? Could she master throwing? I can never remember what Xena's weapon is. The shuriken. Yeah, or it. whatever it is. Mm. I uh, yes. I mean, Arya. She's the one-eyed, whatever that guild was. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine she could do whatever. I I think she's Xena. That's that's my new canon in my on my mind. All right. All right. Um, now, okay, so I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. But uh, speaking of, you know, keeping things in canon, uh, I was doing some research about fan fiction. Okay. Uh, because that's one of the ways that that we... Did you the, read Twilight fan fiction? No, 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 no. Um, I was actually very curious to, to see, like, the legal... Uh, side of things, you know, what's what's legal for fan fiction. And then, of course, the exp- I I went on a great legal journey today where oh, I read about uh, fan art and uh, fan tributes and fan fiction and the rules and regulations about it. And I do find it interesting uh, that there are definitely specific uh, series, be it book, be it movie, be it video game, that the creators actually encourage uh, fan fiction to help, you know, fill things out. Um, if for individuals like Zelius, who were huge fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, yes. uh, once the, that TV series went off air, Joss Whedon actually came out and said, the best thing you could do is go find some fanfic, and during our normal TV slot, just read some fanfic about Buffy. It's going to be worth hmm. your time. Now, of course, there are those authors out there who will, or or uh, I guess IP owners out there who don't want anyone to touch their stuff, uh, or they have very, very strict rules. Um, one that makes absolutely total sense is the fact that J.K. Rowling is pretty okay with almost everything, until it revolves around uh, sexual content and the characters, yeah, because uh, you know, that's a little bit outside of the the scope of the the series. Now, uh, that being said, I mean that's the same guidelines that a company like Capcom is doing when it comes to your commentary and your uh, depiction of their products. You know, they they want to keep it within basically that age range of um the 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 main consumer uh yeah well they're certainly not going to okay it in any way um i think i mean there's i'm assuming at least there's a lot of sexual harry potter stuff oh absolutely uh, but it's, and as it's long as it's not what's that it's buried like deep 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 in the web yeah if you want to look for it you could find it but you know on on some of these like there's basically um, websites that are hubs uh, for fan fiction, basically just like hosting sites for fan yeah. fiction. Uh, I think it's like fanfiction.net or something. It's one of the big ones. Uh, you're not going to find it there. I mean, you'll you'll have to do a deep dive. And even then, uh, the, the power of an IP owner uh, is such that they could do, you know, takedowns not only for the website, but also on search engines, they could actually uh, force Google to basically de-index all references to your fan fiction, or serve you a cease and desist, or you know, which apparently 
if shit starts really going crazy, it's like a bare minimum of 750 bucks, fine, uh, but it could get much, much worse. You know, so be careful, but have fun. That, but the interesting thing is, so I know I've gone, now I've gone off the, tan, uh, the, the question. I apologize to the, the person who submitted this, uh, this question. Uh, but I do find it, it's such an interesting landscape of what you can and cannot do when it comes to fan creation, fan depiction. Um, we talked about it off and on constantly, you know, about fan art at conventions, about, uh, individual, you know, fans coming together to create, uh, you know, works of art or movies or books or having charity events. You know, Nintendo, of course, is notorious for going after like fan events that they don't uh, sanction. Uh, there was that that charity event that I think it was they were trying to sell like custom skins for the Joy-Cons for the Switch and they got a cease and desist and they, they wanted to do. Then there was also that tournament where they had to use like a third party um, piece of software to allow for land play since, or no, sorry, not land play, um, allowed for online play because of COVID. So that, so they continue to have, you know, their tournaments and stuff. And of course, that's a big no, no. Um, so it was very interesting. You know, I, I lost myself in all of the legalese and what you can and cannot do and, and how much power the IP holders have and how most takedowns, you don't need a reason. They don't have to give you one. And you may never find out who was, uh, I guess, in charge of issuing that takedown. Well, yeah, no, I mean, nobody's going to, none of these websites even have the power to challenge the takedowns that they wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Um, it really, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Right. I mean, that's, that's the, the way the law is structured right now. Uh, as soon as the, the, the funny and the, the, the most unfortunate thing is that you don't really need to have proof. Um, you can order a takedown and there's a very good chance that you, that an individual, a content creator like myself or Zelius or anyone out there, uh, may, you know, get hit with a takedown. Sometimes you are informed that your content's been taken down. Most times you're not. And you'll just, you, you'll just wake up one day and look at your stuff and go, wait, where the hell did this go? Uh, and it's because of takedown. Once again, the, the, you don't have to be notified. You don't. There doesn't have to be a reason. And oh, by the way, we are in such a weird ass world that if someone goes, "Hey, Google, you got you got to take this off. That's that's my stuff." They don't even have to prove that. Uh, apparently, it's quite the practice uh, for rival companies to go after each other and has offered and issue takedowns to try to jockey for uh, better indexing on search engines. That's actually really funny to be honest it is and and you would but but it's also like really scary that that's you know that's the extent and the i guess the super uh abusive way of doing the power using the power uh but still i mean i think that's smart no absolutely yeah as you know as a capitalist like, uh, haha, I will fight you to the death. He's like, I want any advantage and all advantages that you can offer me. Uh, 
of course, the the big question, the gray area, I I bounced around to like five, six different websites, so I can't tell you exactly <laughs> where I got all this information. But and I'm paraphrasing some of it from everywhere. But it's from everywhere. But I, you know, there are a lot of people out there uh, that were like, with what are the myths of? Well, if I if I do a sound bite that's only six seconds long, I'm safe. No, you're not. That's 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 an urban legend. That's bullshit. It's um, actually one of the websites I said is that once website that I visited actually stated in there is if you are looking for loopholes then what you're about to do is illegal and just save yourself some trouble. Don't even try to do it. Nope. It's not going to work too bad. Of course, you know, I was like, okay, well, what about like, of course, fan fiction, fan art, all that stuff. And what's, it all goes down to fair use. And if you want more information on fair use, just Google it. It is very vague in some, uh, some, some shape or form. And if you want to know an individual who truly has mastered the art of fair use, then look no further than the musician, the very famous, very talented Weird Al Yankovic. He has that shit down on lock. He's also in a whole different class because he's also making a profit off of what he's doing versus us lowly plebs who are just trying to do it for fun. He's in a whole different ball game. He's still the thing is, if he didn't do it right, he'd still be well, he wouldn't be who he is. But basically, he makes the song his own. He he it's a parody. It's it's a parody, it, that's the key. Right. It's a parody, but it's not, you know uh, unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, if I sing this song with like a weird voice, like a monotone voice, then I make it my own. That's not how it works. Weird Al rewrites all the lyrics and just keeps the beats and, you know, does, you know, tries to keep the, 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 you know, the inflections and all that stuff there, but change the words. Well, even though he's not obliged to, he still usually asks for permissions just as a courtesy. And that's actually one of the things that if you want to make uh, f- uh, some sort of uh, fan fiction or, um, you know, fan art or whatever, and this doesn't happen often, but if you ask and you have written consent, you can do it. Well, that's a whole different, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, that means that means you actually have to ask and you actually have to put in the, the legwork. And yes, I do understand. There's a lot of, of uh, you know, groups of individuals who love, let's say, Halo. They want to do a Halo tournament and then word gets out somehow to... to Microsoft that there's what they consider an unsanctioned Halo tournament. They could shut them down. That's because they're the IP owner. They can they can basically you know cease and desist you. Uh, even if you have the best intention at heart, because you're basically showing off. It may be it might even be a free tournament, but you are showcasing a an intellectual property that is not yours. And it's not sanctioned by the IP holder for you to do so. See, that I think is total BS, that they can close down tournaments, particularly if you're not modifying the game in any way, and if you're just playing it. I don't think they should be able to shut that down. True. But at the same time, I I do understand it from, I, I do understand the desired, 
most of the times it's absolutely asinine. It's stupid. Just, just, you know, I don't, I don't know why you would have to, why you would go after people. But the problem is if you don't every single time, there's someone is going to, is going to take that example of them not doing something and they're going to try to run with it. And that's where they damage the brand. And that's, so that's the asshole way of doing things, especially in the U S is, which is why we have all those warning labels on stuff, because there are people who literally like, well, it doesn't explicitly say not to do this. Um, it sucks. I mean, I, I love, you know, seeing, uh, like, you know, grassroots created tournaments or, uh, a bunch of individuals getting together, say, in the city of Atlanta and creating an hour and 48 uh, minute uh, movie, which they recorded over two years at different locations in Atlanta. And, and the, the entire backstory and theme have to do with a very famous Nintendo franchise called Zelda. Uh, and then they basically got the hammer dropped on them. Uh, well, Nintendo. you say Nintendo product anything, and it's going to be the hammer. Well, absolutely, and, and it. I think I think the problem is as fans, we we want to see companies support creations with good intentions. But at, but from the IP owner side, it's you know there you are have, no good intentions. You you have exactly there can't be any because if we. If, if they take that stand, there's a very good chance that someone is going to abuse that. Well, they're stupid. And of course, you know, as as we already know, but we turn a blind eye to when you go to if you go to a convention and someone gives you uh, their interpretation of any licensed character, it's illegal. They can't make money off of it by doing so. They're breaking the law, blah, 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 blah. But people are still going to do it because companies aren't going to be able to go to every single convention or every single website or every single wherever the hell else, you know, street corner, if you're selling stuff, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, that's where you see all the fun fanfic is at the conventions or Saul, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I need conventions so bad. Uh, okay. So getting back onto topic slightly, um, Following really, weren't, up, we, weren't we on a topic? I'm very no, we confused. were, we were, we were, but I need to get back to the, the list of topics that were <laughs> asked of me. Uh, there. Okay. Here's, here's a question first. Is it possible for a new title that comes out to not have issues on launch day? Is that, is it like a prerequisite now that every big name title upon launch is going to basically screw the pooch? Okay, I think this is a begging the question type of question because the obvious answer is yes, it's possible, but no, it's not happening. No, is it possible not to see this happen? Is what I'm saying. Um, if what is launch? Right. Okay. I mean, look at, I mean, I think of a game, for instance, like Hades. Actually, yep. didn't have bugs. On the well, I'm sure there's you could probably find one, obviously, but I didn't have any game breaking bugs when it launched, like on the Switch, for instance. But right. it was also in early access on Steve. I know at least PC for quite some time. Well, actually, it was Epic Store, it was uh, was it the Epic, yeah, Epic Store and then Steam. 
So we've also, you know, I think when we think of releasing a game, we're thinking in this context of going back to the original Mario Brothers. It came out on a console and boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. That model does not exist anymore. Um, There's a game I love on the PC called Banished. And it's a city builder. And the developer hasn't updated the game in years. And I'm on the subreddit for it. And every once in a while, somebody will ask like, Where's the developer? Like, we haven't seen them update the game in years. Mm-hmm. And it's always a response of, like, that was the norm. Like, years ago, you didn't update a game. It wasn't like this random, continuous update cycle. Yep. But now, if you have a video game and it's not like Banish 2 is out, it's like there's this expectation where the original is continuously getting some kind of update or patch fix or hot fix or something going on. And it's both, I mean, it's symbiotic because on one hand, the developers kind of created this cycle. Right. Um, and the forms of DL, day one DLCs, season passes, and let's be honest, broken games when they come out. And now the gamers, because of that, we now have a different set of expectations for new games. Where when a game comes out, we don't expect it to be the same game six months from now. There's going to be patches and fixes and other things that come out. True. Uh, I think this, I mean, given the current cycle, it's on the more extreme side, but look at Cyberpunk 77, 2077. We knew when the game came out that there were going to be patches and all that stuff. I didn't think we hoped at least it was going to be to the extent it's going to need to be to fix the game. Right. Um, but at the same time, you see that more and more than we ever did when we were playing video games back in the day. Uh, where you come out with games that are broken when they're released basically mm-hmm. um yeah and it sucks but yes that is the norm now um i think if anything you might have a better chance of a finished game coming out from a indie developer oh who's they not, have to they don't they yeah don't that, that's gonna be different they're going to come out with it yeah. um versus a triple a publisher like a project key they're going to be able to well, if they don't get sued to death, I guess by everybody at this point. Well, they got um, a second massive lawsuit, I heard. Yeah, uh, but they'll continue to update the game. Right. So, Hopefully. yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a, it, that's the business cycle of video games that we live in. Right. Um, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. So the the reason why. I- the the uh the topic that was presented to me was um you know after just recently experiencing the cyberpunk 2077 uh letdown of course me personally having the the wonderful uh issue of not being able to fully install uh the game only to find out that it was a bonus pdf that was in polish as the reason why i couldn't install the game because it was read only and not write uh uh Right, read, right. Uh, yeah, read and write. Um, Maybe they're trying to tell you to learn Polish. N- no, uh, there is another game that just uh, came out that is having serious issues on launch. With a, it's an interesting twist, though. Okay, so for those out there who have played the Hitman series, hmm. uh, they basically did a restart of the story arc, uh, which. The, I guess the restart was in 2016. Okay. And so this is Hitman number three. And what's different about this, this 
three set, this trilogy of Hitman games, is that just like Mass Effect, the save file can continue over each iteration. The mm. problem <laughs> that's uh, reared its ugly head is that players have been running into severe server issues when it comes to trying to get the save games to translate over to the third uh, mm -hmm. iteration. So uh, basically, in order to continue progress from the first two games, players could carry over data within the same platform family, which... I think is, you know, as expected by syncing progress from Hitman to, and here's, here's the thing that makes me go, Oh God, that, how did they think this is ever going to work via an IOI profile website? Oh yeah. So you had to take your save file and basically import it into this, you know, website. And then, you know, you'd have ac full access to continue the story that you've been building. How did they not see that as being an issue? Is it, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time, probably. I, yeah, at the famous last words. Uh, now, of course, there is there is some other uh, there's some other bleh, other uh, functionality that that you could use through that website, like um, accessing levels from previous games, which actually might be really cool. Uh, but that being said, the save game file, I don't know how they're, they, it's a, it's a highly anticipated title. You're telling everyone that you're going to have to take your old save file, import it to this website, which I guess you're going to have to be having accounts so you could play kind of like a Riot Games or Steam or whatever, or Battle.net. Is it still called Battle.net? I can't even remember. I think uh, according to my doc, it is Blizzard Battle.net. Do you remember Blizzard. they talked at one? They talked about changing it at one time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Blizzard has a bunch of crazy ideas, and sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. But, and everybody was like, "Huh?" Yeah. But you, you, with a highly anticipated title there was going to be hiccups. And of course, this is a potential hiccup. Now, of course, for those out there who wanted just to play a Hitman 3 by itself, they immediately were able to play the game because they didn't have to dick around ah. with the save file. So, you know, it was it basically it basically kicked all of the, the longtime fans in the nuts. And for any of the newcomers, come on in. Speaking of server stuff, used, did you see the latest Eve news? No. So basically over the last week, there's been the new largest battle in the history of Eve. Oh boy. The problem that, ha so basically you have a, I don't know what their names are, but you have the current biggest Alliance mm -hmm. who is like had their fortified position. And basically you had a, or whatever the, the guilds in Eve are called. And then on the other side, you basically, thank you court. So you had like, it was a single corporation, I think. Mm -hmm or like Alliance of Corporations. We had another group of corporations who want to take down the big bad corporation, right? Mm -hmm. And so they attacked them. And basically the attack was like double the size that had ever been seen. And the servers just crashed and burned basically. But what's ended up happening, which is kind of fascinating. So you got the dreadnoughts where the really expensive ships yep. is basically 
they're at a stalemate for logging out. Because basically, if you're logged in, like your ships are somehow like hidden because like the server crashed. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you log out and log back in, they populate. But because they're kind of stalemated, as long as nobody's logging out, they're not reappearing to then get annihilated. Uh -huh. So it's like this like giant stalemate. Um, and basically, the entrenched alliance, even though they had a smaller force than the larger one, mm -hmm. is fine because they're in their entrenched space. But basically, the larger alliance, when it all crashed, like broke into different, a lot different armies instead of one big army like they planned and all just went to hell in a handbasket. Oh, uh, but the interesting part in as a developer is one of their issues is, all, I mean, Eve is what, 15 years old or so? I think When so. it was developed, it was developed for single core processors only. And guess what their software still cannot do? Uh, quad? It's still, their servers can, their server software still cannot multi-thread. It is 17 years old. Is it really? Damn. It was released May 6, 2003. Jeez. Yeah, so their their code infrastructure is unable to multi, usually basically take advantage of multi-threading, which obviously is problematic as far as scaling goes. Yes, yes. I, and to be honest with you, I'm, the thing about EVE, the very interesting thing about EVE, and in comparison to a, to most MMOs out there, is that most MMOs, they have different servers. Yep. Uh, EVE has always been a single shard. Everybody on one main existence, basically. Every single player is in that world. Of course, if you looked at the size of EVE, you would understand that that's probably pretty possible because you're never going to see that many ships or players in one space. But of course, apparently, uh, the <laughs> the algorithm was tested and it failed. <laughs> uh, but it is just though, because I mean, obviously, players are not happy that this happened. Right. But at the same time, Eve, because I mean, this is also for players. I mean, they're got hundreds of thousands of dollars in investment too. Yep. But apparently, like, the players aren't also particularly upset because EVE is also not, like, reimbursing. Like, some companies would, like, reimburse and try to fix stuff. Right. EVE is, like, or uh, it's actually CCP. It's like, nope, sucks to be you. Mm -hmm. But that's also been their policy from day one. Like, they've anytime there's been an issue, CCP is, like, it's the wild, wild west. I think that's been key to not also pissing off their user base mm -hmm. is the... There's no appearance of impropriety or favorites because, like, say they did reimburse those ships for that attacking alliance, then obviously the one who was defending would be super pissed off. They're like, yep. wait, what about us? Yep. Yep. But because CCP is like, hey, you guys know what you guys are getting yourselves into? Good freaking luck. It's pretty hard to be terribly upset, which I think is a smart on their part, not to basically have any hint of favoritism, especially in a political game like that. Oh, uh, I mean, Eve, my experience with Eve is basically, it's the MMO you play while doing something else. Uh, I, I was, I basically, when I played Eve a couple times. A you couple got into of, it a little bit, didn't you at one yeah, time? Yeah, but I ended up just being like a miner. I'm not, all I did was I just went to Asteroids. I, I got the materials. I went back, I sold, sold them. Yeah, I went on a couple quests here and there. Did I attack a couple of uh, CPU uh, enemies? Sure. 
and very whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and and very high, uh, like you know, secure locations. I wasn't going into the wild, wild west. Um, the null sec. But I, I do. There's if you are able to, there is this extra level within Eve that is absolutely bonkers, but beyond impressive. One, you've got these humongous alliances. And the interesting thing about these alliances is they, the, with, when the, when you have an alliance, you have the ability to like amass all members of the corporation's wealth into one spot. And there have been several, uh, very interesting and famous. If you, all you gotta do is Google, uh, Eve online, um, basically, uh, corporation bank heists and they're individuals who have sabotaged corporations stole all of the the corporation's assets and then given it out to you know everybody and that's a huge ass deal you know you you got people who are part of like a two over two thousand player corporation and they take everything because they've risen up the ranks of uh within that corporation so they can position themselves to you know steal everything it's it's like a movie in story in those respects uh but yeah i personally could never have or will never have enough time to actually truly sink into eve online and and find the the magic that you know thousands thousands of players are able to find now it's it's a very fascinating game like i have no desire to play it i tried it i played it like this is not for me but for me um sociological and all that stuff part it's super fascinating to read about agreed um from that perspective and i'm gonna see one of those games where there's gonna be stuff like i mean i already know there have been like studies and papers and dissertations about this game Mm -hmm. because it's basically like political intrigue and playing out in real time really yeah it it is and it truly is a world upon itself uh, where you have individuals corporations that act in a a communist fashion or a democracy Mm -hmm. or uh, a monarchy a monarchy Yep. <laughs> there, there's, you know, totalitarian, a dictatorship. I mean, you, you get them all if you, you know, if you're willing to really deep dive into it. But yeah, um, interesting. Uh, yeah. So right now we're going to do, and and cross your fingers because it's the first time we're going to do this. We're going to do uh, Friends of the Show real quick. Uh, <laughs> hopefully this works. Uh, I did pre-recordings for all of them. And if it doesn't work, I apologize. And next week I'll go back to just reading off the script. But ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take a a little bit of time out to give a shout out to all the friends of the show. Here we go. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. 
They collectively journeyed to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to http indiecluster.com. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Nurburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nurburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nurburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of a lighter rule set that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. After yet another successful Kickstarter, their library has increased in size. Currently, the games that at least Zelius and I have played are Capers, Die Laughing, Merzen Acquisitions, and of course, the soon-to-be-played Good Strong Hands. For more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Okay, so, hopefully that worked. Uh, on retrospect, I should have probably just made one big video instead of making three individual ones where I had to hit start, start, start between all of them. But whatever. So many starts, sir. Uh, I do want to do one quick thing, and that is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is once again partaking in Extra Life for the 10th straight year. Uh, Extra Life is... Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming, to help sick, injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The one that we uh, have been supporting for the past 10 years is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. All the money we raise through Extra Life goes directly to that hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. If you have the ca capacity to donate, please do so. All you got to do is go to extra-life.org. Uh, I believe uh, Zelius has put my participation number in, uh, which is 450208. If you look for Alter Confusion, I don't think I have the team page set up correctly. So I apologize, and I know that I've been meaning to do that, and I will. I promise. I promise. It looks like it's set up. The Alter Confusion one? Yeah. Sweet. All right, I, think I see it on there. Goal of $250 for next year. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ultra Confusion has a Patreon. Patreon is uh, what helps us survive on the love and support of fans like you. And so, and so what we're asking for you uh, to do is to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This membership gives you access to exclusive content 
community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have a $1 and a $5 option. Uh, $1 would be $12 a year, and of course, the $5 would be $60 a year, which, even in these crazy-ass times, I personally feel that at least the $12 a year would be something that's attainable for most people. And it you don't know how much just that dollar a month means to Alter Confusion to help pay for hosting fees and, you know, updating equipment, uh, be it the new ring light that we're using or I'm using for the, the camera or uh, new, yep, new software to help render the videos or the podcast. So at the, it means the world. And I hope that, you know, if you can, please become a patron at the $1 level. If you go at the $5 level, you get to be part of the friends of the show. Uh, there are a couple other ways to become friends of the show, but I'm not going to reveal them to you. No, really. Uh, You're not going to reveal them to me? How dare you? Not not Zelius. I'll tell you guys oh. later, but Zelius is here. I, I, Am I? Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, also, if you wanted to send something physical to Alter Confusion, all you got to do is go to one, or sorry, you have to send your your stuff, your physical stuff, be a t-shirt, coffee mug, whatever, to 1551 Dunwoody Village. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. Village Parkway. Number, and this is super duper important, number 88276. Uh, that is the PO box number. If you don't put that there, it goes to the post office proper and it will be returned to you within three to five business days. The city, oh dear. the city of course is Dudwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, 30338. Uh, now I have received a package and I, I have the package, but I haven't package? gotten, but, but here's the funny thing. I haven't gotten all of them from the post office. <laughs> Um, but I have a package. It's right here. I'm not going to open it right now. I'm going to make a video about it, but I know what it is. Yes. I'm excited. You can't just leave us hanging like that, sir. Something tells me that these are Funko Pops. <gasps> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Now, of course, if you want to know what's in the box, you'll have to tune into the vid the unboxing video that I am going to be doing in the next couple of days. But I have a I, I think I think I know what they are, but I could be wrong. Hopefully, I'm right though. That would make me super duper excited. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I believe Zelius had a topic that he wanted to add to the show. So Zelius, yes. So mine is more of a. I don't really necessarily have a question, but more of an annoyance. Okay. So I started playing, and maybe it's a question of, are there certain things in games that kind of turn you off, and you're just like, really? This is just anti-gamer? It's all, slowly explained. So playing Nyar Automata, and one of the things is, so like a lot of games, you could do multiple playthroughs, yippee skippity. Mm -hmm. But what they and you know, kind of thinking earlier too about our replaying of Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. So one of the things in this game is there's these chests in the games, and usually you have to search for them. The catch is is you cannot open these chests until your second playthrough of the game, when basically you're unlock a different playable character. And I'm just like, this is BS. 
Hey, because like I'm playing the game now, and I'm probably honestly not going to play it again. And two, it like almost discourages me from exploring because most of these chests, like you know, they're hit out of the way. You have to like jump up and do things to find them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why am I even going out of my way to find these if I can't even open them? Like it's just real. Like to me, it's just a really cheap way to try to get you to play another playthrough of the game. But here, but here's my question: Is there a mini map? Yeah. When you find those treasure chests, are do they get added to the mini map? No. So what they're asking you to do is if you go explore, you're going to find these treasure chests. You're then going to have to either take a screenshot uh, or a recording of where the hell you went to find that uh, treasure chest and then play it again to navigate your ass all the way back to that that treasure chest that you might have found in like the second hour of like a 40 hour playthrough so that yep. you could gain that extra item. that my friends definitely the 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 sad reality is that's not a unique thing um i can't remember the game off the top of my head but there are games that i've played a couple or, or yeah a couple that unfortunately followed that as well um but they are more uh like in main areas you don't really you know, you'll be in like a town and you go down to like a back alley which i guess is still hidden uh but it's not like you know yep. you, you trekked out 30 miles into the woods behind the rock that looks like a bear's ass there's a treasure chest it's you're in a main city and you go down a uh, an alleyway and all of a sudden you see the red treasure chest which you do not have the correct prerequisites for the treasure chest it turns out that the prerequisite is that you have to do a uh was it um a new game plus oh yeah i that's not cool to me yeah yeah i'm not a fan of now like multiple endings or different endings things like that that i'm totally cool with different playable characters okay whatever but like to be like in your face like haha here's a treasure chest you can't get i'm like you mother Mm -hmm. yeah I, yeah. I, I would think, and, and, and you know, I, I would like your opinion on this as well. What if you were able to, let's say that you, you know, you find these treasure chests that are, you're unable to unlock, but there's a character that you'll gain through the game in which if you were to swing back through, which of course, like, you know, let's say it's like an open world or maybe you're backtracking. When you have that character, you could then unlock it. So you, you don't have to restart all over again in order to open the chest. That to me is different. That I'm okay with. Also, most likely, because games I've seen that do that way, yeah. usually then the treasure chest scales with your level. Or they know, like, you'll be back to the zone again with this character when you're level 40 versus mm-hmm. level 5 when you first found it. Right. So usually that case, I'm okay with, because it's that playthrough. I mean, in my entire life, there's one game I've played through twice, and that's Jade Empire. Is there a like, game that I've ever played through twice? Two completions also the key part there. Yeah. I, I think that's like the only game. Now that's a game I would love to have a remake of. Good gosh. That was such a great game. I'm trying to think. Have I ever truly done a second play? I'm, I'm, you know, like a like an RPG, something that has depth. Yes, I've played, you know, Super Mario Brothers to completion a couple times. Uh, yes, I've played, you know, Mega Man three and four to completion a couple times. But you know, when were you talking about, you know, like a Jade Empire or uh 
Well, I played Diablo a couple times all the way through. The original. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's where we start splitting hairs, right? Because, yeah, yes, yeah. technically you did replay it again, but I, Diablo's a very different replayability of game versus like a JR. Well, I don't know if you consider Jade Empire JRPG, but a actual RPG like that is a very different playthrough versus a Diablo. Yeah, well, I think I think also, you know, another thing that you would have to take into consideration is Diablo. There is some randomness to it. Yes, we know mm -hmm. that that at specific dungeon levels you're going to face off against a boss, but you know, what the dungeons look like is randomized. Uh, well, it's, it's in not really like... Diablo, you're playing to play those higher level characters to get right. the higher level loot. It's a very right. different type of loot grind. Yeah. It's it's not like a, a very story-driven game where, you know, you're truly reliving every dialogue option. That's the other thing, is that, mm. you know, Diablo, yes, it had his dialogue. Stay a while and listen. Um which of course is my favorite. Uh, but you know, with, with some of these, you know, you're talking about hours of dialogue that you'll just have to relist. You're like, yes, I know there's something terrible happening. I know <laughs> the world's in crisis. I know the mayor's daughter has been kidnapped. I know there's some magic, you know, uh, slime oozing out of the ground that could hold the cure. And not only that, but side quest. Oh God! Yeah. Like I mean, Diablo. I mean, I don't even know if you call those side quests, but like uh, you're playing a big. Still... Yeah, it's still part of the. But you're playing a big RPG. And you think like, wow, this replay, I have to do all these random quests. Which do you ever find that when you're playing an RPG, particularly, usually you're like the hero, right? Like yep. you have some superpower. Mm -hmm. It takes me out of the game sometimes with side quests in terms of like. Congratulations, you just defeated the great big evil of the world. Now we go grab eat that chicken over there. I'm like the the only you way don't go ask a Navy SEAL to like go bring the mail across the street for a fetch quest. Well, I, I think I think when it comes to side quests, for me it's it's all about uh timing. Um if I I usually focus in on um, uh, the side quest when I feel like there's a lull. Uh, you know, I if if I'm in the, the throes of the main storyline, then I, I'm not going to... If someone goes, I've got a quest for you, I'll be like, nah, I'll keep going. But if I'm... Yeah. You know, one of the things with most open world RPGs is that there are going to be those times where you're either going to be way under leveled or you're just like, Oh God, I cannot take the storyline right now. I, I I'm getting so pissed at this character that you want something, a fluff piece added in there. And oh, I, of I course, I'm always trying to grind so that when I do get to those, you know, difficult times, I could just like one hit or five hit something, uh, or really cause any, uh, a, a massive amounts of damage. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which is why I put over 100 hours, is I basically tried to do most of the side quests so that when I did the main story missions, literally like, oh, this guy's going to be strong. He's going to, you got to be careful. I'm like, bang, 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 dead. Okay. Now moving uh -huh. on. I feel awesome. Nice. You know, but, 
But uh, going back to, I guess the the basic question is: Is there something? Is there like a mechanic or or some piece in the game that's annoying enough for you to you know potentially you know throw a controller to a wall? My biggest issue, uh, and this happened to me, I guess in the past couple of months, there was a game I played called Greedfall. It looked like a cool game. It was ba- it's some weird disease or sickness is taking over a lot of people, and everyone's going to the new world. Uh, th- well, there's there's a trip to the new world to potentially find a cure, and it's set more like in like Renaissance times. But there were a, there was too many pieces to that game that just grated me the wrong way. One was, um, oh, the- I'm. A- that's isn't that supposed to be like a you can make your character whatever you want yeah, type of game yeah yeah but it's like it's like you could make your character however you want but at the same time it won't be anything that you need um <laughs> they have these stupid factions where like you gotta dress up like this person in order to go in this faction's area but chances are they're still gonna figure it out somehow so why the fuck would you want to buy why why do you want to move around Okay, so here's here's one of the things that that pissed me off. Okay, so I have let's let's just say any RPG. You you've got your main set of of armor. Uh, yep. They protect you. They're good. Um, but in this game, there were specific areas where you had to change your clothing in order to uh, fit in. But chances were it wasn't going to work. So what this game was making you do is let's say that. Uh, I'm just doing an arbitrary number. Your true armor is a has is a rating of fifty. Uh, the the higher the better. Sure. And then the the faction area armor is two. Uh. And they discover you. And guess what? They one hit kill you because I don't know, just because that and uh, very poor controls. Yeah, that's annoying. Like a lot of RPGs are smart about that where you have like a disguise almost mm-hmm. like a costume but you still have your regular armor on yes yes a- able to toggle the costume on and off yeah like that i like because it's like don't break my like i spend time leveling up this character getting this armor and i know like it breaks a little bit of immersion because I have this armor on whatever i don't care i still want to be yeah. overpowered yeah kind of like you so yeah like Things like that definitely are frustrating to me. I would agree. I, I think it's just they are forcing you to do something that potentially can ruin your gaming experience. If you're doing that to me, I don't want to play your game. Yeah. I remember real I remember watching some videos about Greedfall and it seemed like a almost like a hardcore Skyrim is kind of what it reminded me a little bit of. Yes. Which did I not see that, you. but but poorly executed, like in all phases, the controls, the the need to disguise yourself in faction areas, the crafting was just weird as hell. Um, about mm. the only thing that that kind of was interesting was the story, but <laughs> if I can't actually you know navigate the game well enough and and confidently enough, the story ain't gonna save it. And it didn't. I, I actually asked for a refund, Ooh, which I don't did they do. Give it to you? I don't. I don't. Even if the game is absolute garbage, I will try my damnedest to get through enough to to feel like I got my money's worth. Even if it's oh, garbage. I know you've slogged your way through some games. 
But this one, I was like, refund. Uh, so yeah, that that's yeah. I mean that that kind of gaming issue, or of course, um, game ending glitches. Hmm. Yeah. If there is something that causes a game to basically blow up and never truly come back, no thank you. There's not a game out there that I... Yeah, there's not a game out there that I'd be willing to sacrifice the experience I had to relive all the stuff that I've gone through to try to get around that one potentially bad port, uh, bad part. No, it, I that would leave me so pissed off that I'd yep. just be like, nope, I'm done. Yep. I agree. Actually, there was a game, I can't remember, it was a PC game that my dad um, was really invested in. And it was basically the final dungeon. And if you accidentally did something right before the final dungeon, your save game was gone. Oh, gosh. And he was like, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to try again. And he actually got right back to that thing. And apparently, I don't know how the hell he did it, but did the exact same thing. Save game, gone. And he never played it again. But still, yep. that kind of stuff, ah, uh, no. Yeah, no. that's that's pretty terrible. I mean, it's terrible, hell, man. There, there's a Switch game called, um, oh, shit, was called? Black Sad. <laughs> which, um... No matter what I do, like I, you're able to get back to the auto save at the beginning of the scene, and no matter the 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 options or actions you took in this one scene, no matter if you did it a different order, you chose different dialogue options, it crashed. It basically just got into uh, an infinite loop on loading the next scene. Oh, I my first switch crash I, yesterday. I can't oh, no. remember what game it was. It was the first time it's happened to me. I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. 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 Anyways, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've reached the end of our show. So if you missed out on uh, any of the topics, uh, all you got to do is wait just a wee bit. Uh, in the next couple days, uh, we will be releasing this video in both video or th or this show on either uh, YouTube in video format or podcast pod beam uh but without further ado ladies and gentlemen i'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the ultra confusion thursday night hangout for myself charlie and zelia it's been a pleasure giving you earth come our heads our mouths of course our hearts will be back next thursday for another ultra confusion thursday night hangout remember kids keep on gaming in the free world amen to that brother